Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Roadmap. From Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News, and joining me is Amanda Harris, associate editor. This is our weekly wrap for what happened in auto finance for the week ending May 14th, 2021. Before we begin, as always, I want to thank Auto Finance News advertisers, Alpha, Defy Solutions, OneSpan, State National, and Westlake Financial for their continued support. In general news, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention loosened its mask wearing guidelines for vaccinated individuals, saying that fully vaccinated people didn't need to wear masks or social distance indoors or outdoors. The announcement comes on the heels of increased vaccine rollout. Since the COVID-19 vaccine distribution began in the US on December 14th, more than 272 million doses have been administered, fully vaccinating over 122 million people or 37% of the US population, according to NPR. New jobless claims last week fell to a fresh pandemic low for the week ending May 8th to 473,000, according to the U.S. Labor Department, well below estimates. As more businesses and states lift the remaining pandemic restrictions, hiring is ex expected to continue to accelerate. And finally, today's tax day. About 47% of Americans say they plan to save their refund, and more than one-third plan to use the money to pay for necessities such as rent, groceries, and other bills, according to data from Credit Karma. More than one-quarter say that they will use the money to pay down debt. In auto finance last week, it was reported that the meteoric rise in used vehicle values were the primary driver of inflation, which rose to 4.2%. And today, J.P. Morgan announced it would be returning to office, marking one of the first major financial institutions to end widespread remote work. And from the auto finance news um, sector, we closed out our final spring event last week, the Auto Finance Risk Summit, which uh, provided invaluable insight into the top line risk factors auto lenders have on their radar. Amanda, you know, let's start off. What were, what were some of the things that stood out to you? Um, well, since you just mentioned a work from home example, I guess I'll kind of just briefly touch on that. Um, we did hear, you know, from a couple of our um, lenders who like representing different lender companies um, that, you know, a lot of them are talking about at least going to a hybrid setup where they'll have, you know, maybe about half or so, maybe a little less of people coming into the office um, for positions that just work better from an office um, and while keeping positions that can be remote will still be remote for at least probably the next three to six months. It's kind of what I'm hearing just from conversations I've had um, as well as from our risk summit conversations. Um, but really it looks like the new norm is really gonna be this hybrid structure. Um, I don't think we're gonna see widespread completely going back to every single employee into offices, maybe ever, um, given that a lot of companies saw increased really production from their employees um, during this. Uh, so I don't think there's a big driver to bring them all back, but there's definitely a driver to at least bring some back um, within the next, you know, over the next three to six months or by the end of the year for sure. Uh, one example was Santander Consumer USA was definitely looking at um, hybrid in office kind of structure. Um, and then I know Toyota Financial Services as well is kind of evaluating bringing back 
at least half of their workforce within the next six months or so. Given that that may not be, you know, literally half the people are there and half are home, it's capacity and some people may come one day and then another day. So it's not necessarily, you know, set up to where it's, you know, certain people, it's just a matter of how many are, are there each day. That's kind of what Yeah, you know, there, it's an interesting dynamic because on one hand, right, like you said, the pandemic really changed a lot of things. Um, you know, people are productive uh, working from home, if not more productive than in the office. Uh, but you still kind of had this, I don't want to say old way of thinking, but, but there is sort of, you know, kind of the status quo where it is kind of unclear you know, maybe, maybe these companies will mandate everyone has to be in office full time, but, you know, I, I feel like there are employees that would want to go to the office, um, you know, maybe three, three days a week, work remote too. Um, so like you said, I think that there will be kind of a hybrid um, approach, but, you know, how, how many employees actually say that they're, you know, they will work, work remote fully 100% of the time, I would imagine is going to be relatively small. I mean, even if you look outside of auto finance to, you know, say Google, um, they announced this this morning, I believe, or, or, or over the weekend, um, that they are also doing kind of a hybrid three-day on, two-day off approach. And they they estimate only about 20% of their workforce, um, and, you know, Google is huge, will work um, 100% remote. You look at Amazon, they're still kind of rolling out a hybrid approach. It's too, a little too soon. For, for them to mandate everyone back in office or to mandate travel, um, similar for what Microsoft. Um, you know, they're, they're on a hybrid approach. If, if you want to work from home, you can. If you want to come in, you can. So I would imagine, you know, the auto finance industry would probably follow suit with that. Um, another thing that, you know, kind of remains to be seen is, you know, one thing, um, you know, Ally talked about at the auto finance summit last, last October was, you know, the kind of the silver lining of, of this remote work environment was, you know, access to a broader access to talent across the country. Um, so, you know, anybody that, that hired, um, you know, people that were remote, I mean, you were hired remote, um, you know, th that's not an option, right? So, so that will, will end up kind of, you know, skewing the numbers as well. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of you know, how lenders, um, you know, adapt their hiring strategy when they do go back into office, right? You know, are they going to go back to hiring local so that they can have those, um, those new employees in the office or, or are they going to expand that? Um, and, you know, like um, R.L. Prasad said uh, during the fireside chat, you know, it's a lot of it's going to be dependent on department, right? If you can do your job remote with no problem, by all means, be remote. Um, if you can't, you got to come into the office. Seems pretty cut and dry. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where all the pieces fall um, in the next, like you said, six to you know twelve months. I definitely agree that I don't think they'll go back to mandating everyone has to be back in just yet. Yeah, I think they're going to run into issues with with that if, if they try to bring everyone back in when they may not necessarily need to, and shown that they've been able to work remote. So mm -hmm. absolutely. There might be, who knows, there might be even regulation or something that come out around that eventually. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Um, what, what, what else was kind of, you know, top of mind from, from last week? I know, I know affordability concerns came up, you know, quite a bit um, in relations to used car prices and, you know, uh, average uh, transaction prices on new vehicles. Yeah, that was a huge thing that came up kind of in multiple sessions that we had. Um, you know, we, we talked about the 
you know, SAR reached just an insane level um, in April, 18.5 million units. So it was a record month for, for the last at least 16 years. Um, and so, and it's above where it was originally forecast at 17.1 million units. Um, so we know, you know, that sales are strong and all that's going on, but the downside of that is since demand is still so strong, you know, we're really seeing a lot of that play out on the inventory side, really keeping supply kind of limited, which is driving prices up even more. Um, it kind of was interesting that was pointed out that even on the auction side, you have dealers going to auctions and they're bidding against retail car agencies that are also trying to get cars on their lots because um, it's about to be the summer and more people are going to rent cars, you know, starting people are starting to travel again, things like that. Um, so that is all playing into, you know, these prices just really shooting up even higher. Um, and so we've, of course, been talking about retention values and, and high vehicle values for months, um, and it's not slowing down still. So there is a really big concern, um, you know, that this is going to kind of create like a new baseline for these used vehicle prices, and that affordability really isn't going to be um, really addressed anytime soon. Um, that being able to afford a car kind of means something different going forward. Um, we know interest rates are still really low. So caveat to that is obviously, when you're talking about, can I afford this car? Your monthly payment. So there are some things in there um, to kind of help with that. But still at the end of the day, $40,000 car is a $40,000 car. Um, so it, it's, it's still expensive, you know, even if you get a great rate, but we know that not all customers are recovering the same. We know not all credit tiers are recovering the same and they're not all gonna get those really great low interest rates. So given that they're typically gonna get higher rates anyway, and then the price on the vehicle has gone up so much, affordability is just a really big thing that I think everyone will be following very closely. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. You know, before the pandemic, that, that was the number one concern in the industry. You know, you saw lengthening loan terms because that's really one of the only ways that you know, you can combat uh, these these high ticket prices is to lengthen those loan terms. Um, then not to mention you add on, you know, an ancillary product here, a voluntary protection product there. All of a sudden your your ticket price went up, you know, 10 grand. Um, and, you know, you got you to gotta finance that. So, so I would imagine, you know, coming out of the pandemic as, 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 you know, we continue our recovery and, you know, maybe inventory sort of, you know, smooths itself out a little bit. That's going to be a, one of the top concerns. Um, you know, another thing that I'm, I'm curious about, and this was kind of hinted at, um, you know, a little bit here and there is, you know, what what's going to happen when all this pent up demand kind of, you know, eases a little bit? Um, what's what, what, what's that going to do for sales and, you know, originations um, on that front? Um, is there going to be like an overcorrection, right? Where we're going to see really low volume again. I think one of the main takeaways from the whole um, summit last week was, you know, there's still so many unknown variables that um, are going to continue to play out. And there's so many things that are happening in the industry right now that are going to have repercussions down the line. Um, you know, if, if, we were, if we went back to just like normal pre-pandemic times and, you know, we went back on the same kind of, you know, trend line, then maybe not. But, you know, we have this huge correction in, in vehicle values and, and huge, like you said, monstrous sales um, on the SAR, which, you know, could could develop its, its own, um, you know, set of problems in the future, which could be worrisome. 
So, um, you know, that's pretty high level, kind of the, the big things we were talking about. Was there anything like more refined that, that you know, kind of lenders are, are looking at? Uh, I think one of the other kind of things that if we zone in a little bit on some of the patterns that lenders are looking out for, um, we kind of mentioned it in the intro, um, is just where consumers are spending their money. Because um, obviously that, you know, plays into to all of this. And they're really looking at, have to look at beyond, obviously, auto finance industry to see, you know, what those spending habits look like, um, you know, where consumers are, you know, putting their money. Um, we know that we've seen deposits increasing. We talked about consumers are really focused more on liquidity and building their savings. Um, so it's another thing that lenders kind of all over are monitoring very closely, um, especially because we know like stimulus and all that is, is going to end. Um, so will that change these habits that we've seen or will these kind of be the norm going, going forward and kind of how that will, um, you know, impact the industry and auto sales and all that. So that's kind of one of the, the finer points um, that lenders are really tracking that I could see there. And I think you probably agree that that's pretty important to. to yeah, I mean, them. definitely. You know, we know that um, auto loans still rank at number two on most consumers pay payment hierarchy so still still really important um, but you know like you said um people weren't doing anything you know uh, outside of shopping on the internet for stuff they don't need like me um <laughs> um see my office yeah. behind me you know <laughs> yeah right you know there was nothing to do you, you couldn't go to restaurants you know how many times can you order in from the same three places you know in a week um you know you can't travel which costs a lot of money. Um, and now, now that things are opening up, people are, you know, getting more comfortable. I'm go, I'll be traveling again in a couple weeks for the first time in over a year. Um, you know, people are getting more comfortable and they're going to be spending their money. So, you know, if, if they go back to normal habits, you know, how is that going to affect, um, you know, where they, where they put their money, you know, are they going to put it on their credit card? Are they going to put it on their mortgage? Are they going to maybe fall behind on their auto loan? All of these things really, kind of remain to be seen. And obviously, you know, we hope that everyone continue to stay current on their bills and that, you know, all this stimulus and not to mention any tax refunds that are coming their way will continue to help prop up those payments. Um, but but like you mentioned, you know, Ally, Chase, they're they're all watching consumer spending to see how those how those habits shift um, and where those priorities uh, like fall back on, which will of course affect, you know, delinquency rates and, and net charge-offs and things like that. So that, that's a pretty good recap of, of the Risk Summit. Um, what, what do we have this week? So we have a few more earnings um, reports that we need to um, just log in. So we have Carvana uh, will be up today. Um, and obviously, you know, that will really talk to what we've been talking about with digital, um, which is another kind of theme throughout the Risk Summit too, uh, just that shift to digital lending. So that's one of them and a couple other earnings reports um, as well as some other really cool stories that I'm working on this week. Great, great. Well, yeah, we are a little behind on, on our earnings from, you know, all our AFS, AFRS coverage last week, but uh, we will catch up this week for sure. All right, Amanda, thanks so much. Um, you know, we want to hear from all of our viewers. Please rate the roadmap on whichever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, we will see you at, uh, online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.